Hello and welcome, welcome, Rising Above Self-Sabotage Part 1. We'll be diving into content and I invite you to be in a comfortable space that you can be vulnerable, any emotions can come to surface, have your notepad and pen with you or somewhere in your phone or computer that you can make your notes for your light bulb moments. Um, and have the learner mindset. We're gonna be talking about growth mindset, but I can start sharing with you now. So coming from a space of what can I learn newly? Or if I heard this before, let me see if I can see through a new light, right? Or if I heard this before or tried to implement this before, can I do it again? Am I open to it? Because this will be the most beneficial approach to you. And lastly, before we start, I invite you to close your eyes for a second. Take a couple of breaths, expand your belly and your chest when you breathe in. Exhale, letting everything go. And one more. Connecting to your body. Maybe you can feel or hear your heartbeat. And as we move through this conversation, notice the signals from your body. When you feel uncomfortable, when I say something, maybe you feel a pitch in your stomach or pressure in your heart or maybe heat in your throat. Maybe you feel the need to um, distract yourself. So allow your body to communicate and signal to you. This will be really powerful as well. Okay, so let's start by understanding the impact of self-sabotage and how it affects your life. So the definition of self-sabotage, it refers to the act of intentionally or unintentionally engaging in behaviors, thoughts, or actions that obstruct personal growth, success, or well-being. It is kind of a self-destructive pattern that prevents you from achieving your goals or fulfilling your true potential. Self-sabotage can take various forms, and I'm going to go through a few of them. So again, pay attention to your body. That um, You might have memories about things happening and how you act or how this shows up in your life, but also your body might be signaling you as well. So perfectionism, that means setting unrealistic standards and goals for yourself and feeling like a failure when they're not achieved. And it offers a way of quieting that constant voice of self-judgment and fear of others' judgments by trying to be perfect. Perfection might have generated a sense of order. Maybe back when you were a child and if you had uh, chaotic family dynamics in the early years, or maybe earn acceptance and attention from emotionally distant or demanding parents. So maybe you thought that by acting perfect or doing things really well, you were then going to be loved. Next one is distraction. So we know this one very well in our society is when people might be reaching out for drugs, alcohol, shopping, uh, food addiction, or other sources of pleasure and distractions to avoid situations or activities that are actually uncomfortable or challenging. 
even if they are beneficial in the long run because that's when we're growing that's when we're learning so maybe in childhood it might have been that you've learned to be super resilient while dealing with difficult emotions if in childhood there was high conflict and tension the avoidant avoidant might come into play peacemaker and learn and not to not add any negativity or tension on top of their existing family tensions so again you wanted to be the good girl good boy avoiding um, dealing with challenging situations by not adding more to what's already happening and next one overthinking so that means dwelling on the past mistakes or worrying excessively about the future which can lead also to analysis paralysis because you're missing out on the present moment you're either living in the past or worrying about the future and from childhood it could be that over overthinking was the escape into the neat and orderly rational mind as escape mechanism in childhood that gave you a sense of security and a sense of intellectual superiority. It also gained us attention and praise by showing up as the smartest person in the room. Next one is people pleasing and <clears throat> this can show up a lot in women. So prioritizing the needs and wants of others over your own which can lead to neglecting your own needs and desires so especially for moms you know you are always trying to provide the best for your family for your kids for your partner so this could be showing up in your life the pleaser tries to earn attention and acceptance through helping others so obviously there's a secondary gain here this is an indirect attempt to have one's emotional needs met it is fed by two original assumptions they're picked up in childhood. One, I must put other needs ahead of my own. And two, I must give love and affection in order to get any back. So you feel like you need to earn love and know that you are simply worthy of it. Next one is the overachiever. And there's a constant need to be validated by doing and achieving more and more. So constantly seeking and striving for success. And this can result of conditional or altogether absent validation from parents and even very loving and approving parents um, in the case that the children felt that they were not getting that love and affection and they needed to be achieving, they needed to obey the rules, have good manners in order to feel loved. The next one is hypervigilant. So there is a constant stress and anxiety and also it could be related to overthinking because um, in this case, you're thinking about the worst case scenario all the time. The hypervigilant can come from early experiences where the source of safety and security was unpredictable and unreliable. So again, it could be a bit of a hectic family environment. The next one is controlling. I think we all have a little bit of, I think we all have a little bit of each one, 
but I think as humans, we love controlling. Um, so underneath, uh, what, what the controlling person is trying to do is actually a hidden fear of being controlled by others and life. How interesting. So I rather control first, so I'm not controlled right and it could be associated with early life experience where the child is forced to grow up fast be on its own or be even the caretaker and caregiver of their parents and take charge of its chaotic and dangerous dangerous surroundings next one is the victim we all know someone that plays the victim all the time but we do it as well so what happens is that we possibly have the lack of awareness of when we're doing it and how we're doing it. But we all play a little victim at times. And this is the strategy to get attention and validation. So you know people that are sick all the time, what they're looking is for others to have that love and you know validation and attention. And the problem with the victim and all this self-sabotaging is that we are not in control. We are in the seat of the victim, which is life is happening to me. And when you flip all these self-sabotaging patterns, you are in control and you know you always have the power to change your situation. Next one, procrastination. A lot, a lot of people that I know have a problem in dealing with this. So it means you're delaying important tasks or putting things off, or putting decision-making uh, off as well until the very last minute, which is super stressful, can cause a lot of stress and anxiety. And I feel like when you leave things to the last minute, there is a big margin for error because then you're panicking and freaking out, right? And then you have to sort things out in the last minute. Next one is self, negative self-talk. So we all know that voice in our heads, which is constantly questioning everything. Again, could be looking for the uh, worst case scenario. Um, could be a lot of self-criticism, self-judgment, judging others. You could be thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. What if I fail? I will fail. I can't do this so many ways and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the inner critic which is that voice in your head that is constantly nagging you and lastly self-sabotaging in relationships we're going to go and look at the areas of life but i think this is so important because it means that you could be pushing people away or being overly critical or judgmental or being too needy or clinging when you either meet someone new or you start a relationship or you're in a relationship right and relationships could be romantic could be with kids um, family uh, community friends co-workers all of it so ha take a moment take inventory now did you figure out which one is your highest self-saboteur um, did you get any new pieces of awareness by the conversation so far and you might want to take time to pause and make your own notes. I was also sharing a lot about the childhood uh, and the root cause because a lot of our patterns come from zero, between zero and seven year old. At this point, you know how we say we were little sponges is because we did not have developed a sense of questioning and criticism. So basically everything that we heard, saw, felt, um we were taking it that all in as a hundred percent the truth because we were not able to question it 
That's why kids believe in Santa Claus, for example, because they can't really question how is Santa going around the world, round and round, <laughs> um, you know, living pre presence for every single child. And they, they can't question time and space and how. That's why also children have so much imagination and creativity. Okay, it's important to recognize that these patterns, to recognize these patterns in order to take the very first steps of breaking the cycle. So la let's have a look at the different areas of life that you might be sabotaging your results. So we spoke about the relationships, which is one big one, you know, again, pushing people away. Um, and also you might be staying in toxic relationships when you know that that's not good for you. You know, it, it's getting clear and clear that it's not healthy or fulfilling. Next one could be your career. So procrastinating on important tasks, undermining your own successes or being overly self-critical. Also by not asking for help, which is a huge one, asking for help when needed or having boundaries and also telling your team or your manager who's above you that you don't have capacity to take on more or staying at a job that is not fulfilling or aligned with your values any longer. So how many people feel trapped in life, in their jobs, because, you know, I need the money, I need to pay bills, and this is how it is. But we all know, we've changed jobs so many times. You, we know that when you make a decision, you will go and look for a new job. You will go and change that current situation that's not working for you, right? But in order to do that, you have to move past the inner critic and any self-sabotaging patterns. And lastly, personal growth. So if either by set, setting unrealistic goals, I say too big or too small, um, or, or standing too higher or low standards for yourself, and then feeling like a failure when your goals and standards are not achieved. The also, this also might be self-sabotaged by avoiding uncomfortable emotions or situations that are necessary for growth or change. So again, by not having particular conversations because you're afraid of what's going to happen, they're not going to like me, um, not setting your boundaries, not speaking up, and again, not seeking support and help when needed. So, so what are some of the consequences of self-sabotage? Could be missed opportunities, um, again, avoiding taking risks or trying new things, which can limit your potential for growth and success. Or, you know, when sometimes you double book yourself and you think, how did I do that? It could have been a subconscious way of self-sabotaging because you're going to be missing in one of the opportunities that you have double booked yourself for and sometimes also when your alarm doesn't go on and you're like how did i let that happen how come i didn't put my alarm on um it could have been an honest mistake but it could be, be the unconscious pattern of self-sabotaging and you missing out on a commitment that you had that morning unfulfilled potential which can lead to feelings of failure and frustration and feeling stuck Decreased self-esteem, feeling like you're not good enough or you're not deserving of success, which can lead to feelings of anxiety and depression. Strained relationships, the, this may push people away 
or being overly critical, which can strain relationships with friends, family, and romantic partners. Mental health issues, uh, self-sabotaging can lead to chronic stress and anxiety and depression, which can negatively impact an individual's overall mental health and well-being. So let's have another look at the root causes. I know we spoke a little bit about childhood and that's really, really important to understand how your environment between zero to seven years old has uh, a a huge impact on how you see the world, your limiting beliefs, your patterns, right? But let's have another look of some other root causes. So low self-esteem is almost like the chicken and the egg, isn't it? Because when you self-sabotage, you create low self-esteem. But from low self-esteem, you're also going to self-sabotage. So which one came first? That's a great question. (laughs) So someone with low self-esteem may engage in self-sabotaging behaviors in a way to confirm their negative beliefs about themselves. So that's what I'm saying. It becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy that you think, oh, that's not going to work out. And then somehow you self-sabotage. So it doesn't work out. So you are you get to be right in the end, even about things being crappy. Uh, so people may avoid situations where they may be judged or criticized. So again, avoiding taking risks, right? Because of fear of being judged and criticized and can limit their opportunities for growth and success or so not taking risks. Fear of failure. This is a huge one that I see in people. An individual who has a fear of failure may engage in self-sabotaging behaviors to avoid the risk of failing. So again, you are not doing the things because you're afraid it's going to happen and so on and so forth. So this goes well in hand with procrastinating, right, on important tasks and avoid and the avoiding. So these are two of the self ways to self-sabotage, procrastinating and avoiding taking risks and limiting their potential for success. Okay, fear of success. We don't talk about this one so often, but to be honest, fear of failure and fear of success all there is is fear of change so even when you think about being successful you might think oh that's all i ever wanted but you will be a different reality from what you have now and our subconscious is very afraid of fears trying to protect us from any perceived danger and so fear of success um can lead to self-sabotaging behaviors obviously (laughs) when you set unrealistic goals for yourself or avoid taking steps to achieve goals which can prevent them from reaching true potential negative self-talk we spoke a little bit about this and can also contribute to negative beliefs about themselves about yourself such as i'm not good enough i don't deserve success that's a big one and leading them to the self-sabotaging behaviors. So again, closing your eyes for a second and tuning to your body, taking a couple of breaths. Which one comes up strong for you? And don't think about the past, but think right now, how have you been acting or reacting or sabotaging your life and your results right now. And when you're ready, coming back, open your eyes. (laughs) 
Let's have a look at some of the common beliefs and fears that can lead to self-sabotage. We spoke about a couple of them and just let's get a little bit deeper in it. So one, I'm not good enough. And there's so many flavors of this one in why I feel like for me, I wasn't really aware of this sentence in my head. It's not that I would say I'm not good enough, but I realized by kind of being a perfectionist and working really hard and being a high achiever, the underlying was the feeling that like I need to prove myself, otherwise I'm not good enough. So again, have a look in your life and see if this resonates for you. But it might not be that it's very clear in your head using the particular words, but it might be related to feelings. So I'm not good enough. This one is the most common underlying belief that can lead to self-sabotage. Individuals who believe that they are not good enough may engage in self-sabotaging as a way to avoid situations where they may be tested, judged, or criticized. So taking risks. I don't deserve success. It could be, again, leading to self-sabotage, avoiding reaching your goals and, again, setting unrealistic goals or avoiding taking the steps to achieve these goals and proving to yourself that you don't deserve success. Or some people think success is too hard. I can have lose friends along the way. So this could be some of the limiting beliefs that are stopping you. Next one, I'm a fraud. So this is also called imposter syndrome. It's a very common belief. People who struggle in thinking that they're qualified enough to do what they do, or they're good enough to do what they do. So it could be regarding to your career or even being in a relationship and thinking, I'm not great. Why do they love me? Or oh, I got this promotion. Now what? Can I really live to the extent standards <laughs> or you know, skills and experience? Um that is needed. And so one of my coaches used to say that when you have imposter syndrome, you're actually up to stuff in life. So this is, I feel like this is a good reminder that, you know, if imposter syndrome is coming up for you, it means that you're doing stuff. It means that you're putting yourself at risk and then you have the imposter syndrome come up. But give yourself a pat on the shoulder and congratulate yourself for having a big life. The next one, I can't handle failure. So again, it could be our subconscious mind so hard trying to protect us from perceived danger. But we all know that failure is completely normal. It's completely fine. You're not going to die. It's not an actual danger. So we can be changing our relationship with failure. And just understanding that failure is when you didn't achieve the expected results that you want and that nothing more is than feedback. So you did something, it didn't go as you wanted, that's feedback. What are you going to do now? You, you can change, you can adapt, you can get better, and you can try again. I'm not lovable. This is another big one, similar to I'm not good enough, and I'm not lovable. They're really big. I feel like everyone has a sort of flavor of this inside for whatever reason, for whatever that happened to us. And it could be, again, that you don't feel good enough for people to love you or do things for you so you might not be asking for help here because you think people are going to disappoint you i'm not lovable they can't handle me i'm too much i'm not enough um and you can be using these self-sabotaging patterns to avoid rejection or test the loyalty of others interesting 
I'm not in control. So this goes with the controlling self-sabotaging patterns, right? Um, so it could be, it, this one can create a lot of anxiety and perfectionism in a way to regain a sense of control. And I like to say we can't control the weather, the economy, like pretty much anything. What I can control is my thoughts and my actions. So that's why I love mindset work. That's why I love habits. That's why I love talking about this stuff because these are the things that I can actually control right? Taking action, focusing on the things that are important to me, the way I'm thinking, how am I coordinating my thoughts about myself and the world, and all the rest can be up for changes, unexpected changes. Okay, I want to talk, take a moment to talk about some people in real life, real life examples that have overcome self-sabotage patterns and achieved success, right? Because we have been looking at all of the limitations, but um, there are lots of examples of people that have succeeded by doing the work, doing this personal work, doing this inner work. So Oprah Winfrey, she, I'm sure you know Oprah, she's the media mogul who has overcome significant personal obstacles, including childhood abuse and struggles in her weight. Despite these challenges, she was able to overcome self-sabotage and build an incredible successful career in television and the media. J.K. Rowling, she's the author of Harry Potter series. She faced many rejections and setbacks before achieving success. She battled depression and even contemplated suicide at one point. However, she was able to overcome self-sabotage and continue pursuing her writing, which eventually led to her success as a best-selling author. Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker and author, TR has overcome many personal challenges, including a difficult childhood and struggles with addiction. Despite these challenges, he was able to overcome self-sabotage and build a successful career, helping others overcome their own obstacles and achieving their goals. I feel like a lot of coaches and healers and people that work in this space have, yeah, have overcome a lot and they feel called to share and also inspire and support other people that it is possible. Okay, so let's have a look now. What are some strategies for challenging and reframing these beliefs? What is it that I can go and implement after this course that will help me to start moving through these self-sabotaging patterns? So first of all is having awareness, identifying what's coming up for you. That's what we're doing this course learning, having the awareness for you and your life and understanding, okay, what is coming up for me? What is the limiting belief? What is the way that I self-sabotage? Which one is showing up for me? Which one's stronger? Which one do I want to address now? And that could be by paying attention to your negative thoughts or patterns, the self-talk and trying to identify the underlying belief that is contributing to your self-sabotage. When we identify, we can then question, well, has it always been this way? Why, you know, if I say I'm not good enough, I'm like, okay, where is this coming from? Why do I have this belief that I'm not good enough, right? And challenge the evidence. So looking for evidence of that contradicts the limiting belief. So if I'm saying I'm not good enough, I look back and I'm like, well, actually, 
I was successful in this job and in this job and in this career and this time and this time when I moved from Brazil to Australia and this time when I was in a relationship. So you might want to look for proof that you actually are good enough, right? That this is just a thought. This is just a challenging thought in that moment. And then the next step is to reframe. So identify, question, challenge, reframe. And then you say, no, I am good. I am good enough. I am good for this role. I am good for this relationship. Whatever sentence works for you, that it feels good to you in your body, right? You don't want to go too far and say something, I'm marvelous, if that's not how you feel. But you can start by saying, I am capable of achieving my goals. I'm capable to apply for this job. I am good enough for this job, <laughs> right? Or I can ask for help, things like that. So you can start using some sort of sentences that will help you through the process. And lastly, which is my favorite, is actually taking action. So having the awareness is so good and important and amazing, but that's not going to change much of your reality unless you start taking action towards your goals, even if you're afraid to do so, even if there is uncertainty, even if you can see your negative self-talk coming up, even if you can see yourself sabotaging patterns showing up. I love talking about baby steps, you know, do one little thing at a time, create an action plan, create a list that you can easily follow and start taking action because that would actually reinforce the positive belief and building the self-confidence and building the new habit and the new belief and the new behavior. It is so important to remember that challenging and reframing our beliefs is an ongoing process. And remember to be patient with yourself and practice self-compassion as you would with someone that you love when they are in the process of growing and learning and implementing new things. You can also seek, you can also seek support from a therapist, coach, a trusted friend or family member that you feel safe in sharing and talking about all of this. So what has been your biggest takeaway so far? What have you journaled? What new awareness you have? And I'll give you some journaling questions to complete. If you can before the second part of the course. So this will really help with that self-awareness and then looking inwards and finding some answers. Number one, what areas of my life do I tend to self-sabotage? Two, what are some of examples of this behavior? And feel free to pause as I go ahead. So for number two, identify at least one area of your life where you tend to self-sabotage and write down specific actions, that you can take to overcome this behavior. Three, what underlying beliefs or fears may have been contributing to this self-sabotage pattern? Four, how do these beliefs and fears make me feel? Identify at least one area of your life where you have been holding yourself back due to fear of failure, for example, and write down three action steps, like can be baby steps, that you can take to overcome this fear and move forward. So I always help my clients here with when we take act, when you say action is actually something that you will do. It's not like I'll be 
more confident. Okay, but what does that mean? What are you going to do in life? Are you going to have a conversation with that person? Are you going to apply for the job? Are you going to start exercising? What is the action that goes with your goal? Number five, reflect on a past failure and write down three things you've learned from that experience. How can you apply these lessons to your any future challenges? Six, what negative self-talk or inner critic do you currently struggle with? Seven, how are they holding you back? Eight, what self-love practices or self-care routines do, I, do you currently have or engage in? Nine, how does... How do these practices for self-care and self-love make you feel? And that is it for today. Well done.